Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're glad you're here today, and we welcome you, and I hope you do realize that God does love each and every one of us, as we have already sung about today. We welcome you. We welcome our guests, especially today, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family today. And uh, there are several announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning as we worship the Lord. Uh, First of all, today, this afternoon, we're going to have a time of fellowship at the Suggs house. We're going to have a a hayride and uh, some games that are set up out there and going to have hot dogs and hamburgers and cookouts and things like that. So we invite you to come out to their house this afternoon about... 3.30, and and we'll just have a good time today. There's no agenda, no program, or anything like this. It is just pure fun, and I hope that you'll come and be a part of that today. Also, on Tuesday, of course, this is the week of Thanksgiving, and on Tuesday, we will have our community Thanksgiving service. Uh, This is for anybody in the community that would like to participate, and this year it will be held at First United Methodist. United Methodist Church. Uh, The Reverend Beth Mackey will be bringing the message. She is the new priest at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Uh, That's always a a wonderful highlight of the Thanksgiving season, so I hope you can attend that as well. On Monday night, uh, we will be having, Monday night of the next week, I'm sorry, uh, we'll be having our awards ceremony uh, for uh, Upward. That's on November the 26th. Please put that on your calendar because it is going to be an excellent, excellent time, and I hope that you can be there. Uh, It's going to be held at the high school this year, Uh, not here like we've done in the past. We'll be having it at the high school gym, and I hope you'll be in prayer for that. We're going to have some special time of prayer for our upward ceremony, award ceremony, uh, next week, and I hope that every day between now and then you will be in prayer for that because it's It's an opportunity to touch people with the the message of Christ, as well as having a good time. So please be in in prayer for that. Also, there are brochures out in the foyer there for our passport kids. I know that you're thinking, well, that's in July, but uh, it's not too early to sign up for that. As a matter of fact, we need to get reservations in pretty quickly uh, to, to get our spot. So if, you, if, if your kids would like to go to that, if you would like to go to that, then uh, please take one of those brochures, fill it out, and get it back into the church office so that we can um, uh, go ahead and make reservations as soon as possible. Uh, one other thing, there will be a brief personnel team meeting right after the worship service today, and I'm told it will be very brief. Uh, so if you're a part of that team, then uh, meet Chris, wherever Chris may be, and, uh, and he will uh, lead us in that, that meeting as well. And one other thing, um, sometimes what we do on the days that we have um, communion is we also take up a benevolence offering. And we will be doing that today. I checked the other day, and our benevolence fund is down to $10.85, which is not a whole lot. Uh, so after the worship service, there will be a couple of deacons standing at the, the back doors with an offering plate. And if you could, just think about that and drop a, uh, some money in the offering plate, specifically for benevolence, for those um, who, who are in need uh, among our community. We thank you. We're glad that you're here today. And one of the things we like to do is to share the love of Christ with one another. So let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God Hallelujah, hallelujah, 
Let us pray together. Oh God, we are grateful that you are who you are and that you love us the way that you do. We are grateful to be in this place among brothers and sisters, among people who love you the way that we do. And because of that love, we love each other. We thank you, God, for all the blessings of life the blessings of being able to gather here today and to worship you. And we pray that your presence will be made known to us in a very special way today as we yield our hearts to you, as we give up our lives to you, and as we recognize in you all the blessings that we receive each day. Help us, O God, to be your grateful people. In Christ's name, amen. Yeah. 
gather over here for our children's time today and then right over in this area.
Let's bow for a word of prayer, please. Dear God, oh God, our God, Daddy, as I reflect and we reflect upon this Thanksgiving, dear God, thank you for the opportunity each Sunday to celebrate Thanksgiving and our offerings to you. You have been so good to us. As we reflect upon this world, not only in the United States, but across the world, we are truly blessed. You have blessed us with the freedom to worship you without coercion. You have blessed us with the freedom to openly proclaim you without repression. You have blessed us with riches that most people in this world can't even dream of. And so, God, this time in Thanksgiving, we return a portion of those because we are also truly blessed to share in your kingdom work through our offerings. God, thank you for the opportunity to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
come to praise the name of God. That's why we're here today. So let us do so in the reading of God's word that comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. When the crowd found Jesus on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, You are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the bread. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. 
for it is on the Son of Man that God has set God's seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom God has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, God gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is God who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of God for you and for me. There is a time-honored story about four brothers who left home for college. They became very successful doctors and lawyers, and they prospered beyond all imagination. And some years later, they chatted together with one another after sharing dinner together, and they discussed the gifts that they were able to buy for their elderly mother who lived in a faraway city. The first brother said, I had a big house built for Mama. And the second one said, I had a $100,000 theater built into her house. The third one said, I had my Mercedes dealer deliver an SL600 to her. And the fourth one said, well, you know how Mama loved reading the Bible all the time, and you know she can't read anymore because she can't see very well. Well, I met this preacher who told me about a parrot who can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 preachers 12 years to teach this parrot how to recite the Bible, and I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 20 years to his church. But it was worth it, because now... All Mama has to do is to name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot will recite it. Well, the other brothers were pretty impressed by this. And then after the holidays, Mom sent out her thank you notes, and she wrote, Milton, the house that you built for me is so huge, but I only live in one room. But I have to clean the whole house. Thanks anyway. Then she wrote, Marvin, I'm too old to get out of the house very much. I stay at home most of the time. I even have my groceries delivered, so I I never used the Mercedes, but the thought was good. Thanks. And then she wrote, Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby sound. It could hold 50 people, but all my friends are dead. I've lost my hearing, and I'm nearly blind. I never use it, but... Thank you for the gesture just the same. And then finally she wrote, My dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. 
thank you very much. (laughs) Most Americans are celebrating Thanksgiving this week, and 100 million turkeys will make the ultimate sacrifice so that we may stuff ourselves on this important day. Yet still, Thanksgiving is a difficult holiday. And the reason that it is a difficult holiday is that true thanksgiving is getting to be a rare commodity these days. In fact, it is no wonder that some people prefer to call it Turkey Day instead of Thanksgiving. Because authentic feelings of gratitude and appreciation are getting to be pretty hard to find. I heard that some department stores are having a hard time hiring people to be Santa Claus in the department stores this year. And and do you know why? It's because today's department store Santas are getting too many kicks in the shins from kids who are disappointed over what they got last year. I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly does reflect something that's happening far too often in our society today. And that's a lack of gratitude. Someone has said that they're basically two kinds of people. There are those who have a sense of gratitude and those who have a sense of entitlement. And I want for us to think about that for a moment this morning. A sense of gratitude versus a sense of entitlement. For those who live out of a sense of gratitude, nothing is taken for granted. For them, everything that they have is a gift. But for those who live out of a sense of entitlement, everything is taken for granted. And nothing is truly appreciated. And unfortunately, in our affluent society today, feelings of entitlement probably far outnumber our feelings of gratitude. If you're a country music fan, you may remember the singer named Jimmy Dean. Uh, Some of you probably have eaten his sausage if you haven't heard his, his songs. But he wrote a song that does reflect a feeling of gratitude. It's it's called Drinking from My Saucer. And a part of one of the verses goes like this. It says, So, Lord, help me not to gripe about the tough rose that I've hoed. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. (laughs) Grammar may not be exactly right, but folks, I want to tell you something. The sentiment is right on. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup has overflowed. That, my friends, is a feeling of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My life's been tough. Sometimes, but the good times have outnumbered the bads, and I'm grateful. My friends, the person with a sense of gratitude understands that they are not the center of the universe. When something good happens to them, it is a gift to be treasured and to be profoundly grateful for that gift. The person with this kind of an understanding of life is grateful, truly grateful. Grateful and humble for their health, 
for their family, for their faith, for the people that they meet, meet each day. They are grateful for these opportunities. Life is a gift to them. And they are so very, very thankful. But on the other hand, there are some people who look at life like this. Everything ought to go my way. I'm entitled to be smart and attractive and wealthy. I'm entitled for all the traffic lights to be green when I drive into work each day. I'm entitled to to the maximum paycheck possible for somebody as wonderful as I am. I'm entitled to get my own way at work and at home and in all of my relationships with others. I'm entitled, and if I don't, then I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's how some people really feel. And when they hit a bump along the way, and when life takes a hard turn, they sulk and they pout and they make themselves and everybody else around them miserable. A sense of entitlement. And so the question that we must ask ourselves today is this. Which category do we fall into? Do we have a sense of gratitude or do we have a sense of entitlement? In the story of Jesus and the ten lepers that I preached on a couple of weeks ago, only one of the ten returned to give thanks. And I suspect that that 10% ratio probably reflects the percentage of people who truly live out of a sense of gratitude. The rest of us probably live somewhere in between. If we were honest with ourselves. I heard about a missionary who was talking about a worship service that he once led at a leper colony on the island of Tobago. He opened up the service with song requests. And he says that there was this woman who was horribly disfigured by her disease. And she requested the song, Count Your Many Blessings. He said, as the worshiper sang enthusiastically, he simply bowed his head and remained silent because he was too overcome with emotion to join them. A friend who heard his story remarked, I suppose you'll never be able to sing that song again. And the missionary said, oh, no, I'll sing it again. Just never in the same way. And isn't that the truth? A sense of gratitude. Or a sense of entitlement. Pastor Doug Oldenburg tells about reading excerpts from the diary of a young husband whose wife was severely ill. In fact, doctors could not assure him that she would make it through the night. And in that diary, the young man expresses his profound faith in God and in God's plan for their lives. Listen to what he writes. He said, she may die before morning, but I have been with her for four years. There is no way that I could feel cheated if I did not have her for for another day. I never deserved her for a single moment. God knows that. And I may die before morning, but I must do now. What I must do now is to accept the justice of death and the injustice of life. What did I do to deserve birth? It was purely a gift. 
And I am me, and that is a miracle. I have no right to a single moment, yet I have had 32 years. But wait, the entry ends. I am being, I am being given another day, another day to live, to read, to smell, and to walk in glory. I am alive for another day, and she is alive. It is a gift, another gift. Thanks be to God. Wow. He writes this as his wife is severely diminished in the hospital, not even knowing if she'll live through the night. Could you have written such words of gratitude in your diary if you had been under such circumstances as this? Would we be gritting our teeth and cursing God for our loss? It's a pretty tough question, isn't it? Let me give you one more example of a life of gratitude. Pastor Jeff Huber once knew a man named Gary who came to Christ late in his life. Gary's teenage son was first to the first member of his family to attend church, and she convinced the rest of his family to, to come with her. And once Gary understood the message of, of God's salvation through Jesus Christ, he became a Christian. But not long after that, He was stricken with cancer, and it was a type of cancer that moved very quickly. In the short time that Gary had left, he spent a lot of time with his pastor, Pastor Huber, reading over the scriptures, and and every story, every lesson was fresh and exciting to him. And in the last few days of Gary's life, Pastor Huber brought Holy Communion to Gary and his family, and he remembers how joyfully Gary received the communion elements. He couldn't stop talking about how thankful he was. He said, I, I began to see all the things that God has done for me and how God has carried me through this time. And when I begin to praise and thank God here, I find joy. My friends, I don't know about you, but... I find these kinds of genuine expressions of gratitudes in in the face of unbelievable heartache almost overwhelming. And when I do, I begin to realize my own sense of entitlement that I need to repent from. And we all do. And here's what we need to see today. The happiest people on the planet are those who live with a sense of of gratitude. Because you see, giving thanks is not a duty. It's the key to joy. It really and truly is. Unfortunately, most of us have an upside down view of life and we think to ourselves, if something really terrific happens to me, then I will feel grateful. But folks, I want to tell you something. That kind of gratitude is fleeting. It is gone just as soon as life has one of its downturns, as life must inevitably have. No. The secret to a happy life is to commit ourselves to a sense of gratitude regardless of what happens to us. And then we will be able to find joy even in the most humdrum and sometimes even in the most painful of experiences. But how do we do that? Well, we do that by centering ourselves on the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. 
Our lesson from the Gospel of John is is found just after Jesus has finished feeding the 5,000. Jesus withdrew from the crowds. He went to the other side of the lake, and the crowds followed after him because here was a man who could fill their stomachs. He had just fed 5,000 folks from just a couple of fish and, and loaves. And so the crowds followed after him because here was a man that could fill their stomachs. They liked that. But that's not what Jesus was after. He wanted them to seek spiritual bread, not only physical bread. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures for eternal life, he says. And so they ask him, what miraculous sign will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Then they reminded him, our forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is God who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of heaven. I am the bread of life. Anyone who comes to me will never go hungry, and anyone who believes in me will never be thirsty again. You hear that, my friends? The ultimate Thanksgiving feast is to partake of the bread of life freely given to us by our God in heaven. We who were not entitled to anything we're given the greatest gift of all, the gift of God's love and grace. In Jesus Christ, we receive the bread of life freely given to us. And when we center our lives on that gift of love, we drop all of our feelings of entitlement. And we see that life and everything in it is a gift from God. May we all receive that gift of grace, and may we all truly be thankful people of God. Amen. We have come to that portion of our service where we will partake of the Lord's Supper. We will have a couple of options for you today. We, on either side, we will have the cup and the bread, and we invite you to come down the the aisles on either side. You can go to either side and take a piece of bread from the loaf and move to the cup and dip it into the cup. You can take a big piece. We have plenty of bread, so don't take a little. I know we Baptists are used to those little bitty things. You don't have to do that. Take a piece that's big enough for you and to move to the cup and dip it into the cup. The bread representing the body of Christ. The cup representing the blood of Christ. Or in the middle, we will also have the traditional manner uh, with the small pieces of unleavened bread and the, and the small cups that you can take if you prefer that. Jesus said to us, do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then he said, I am the bread of life.
And anyone who comes to me will never go hungry. And anyone who believes in me will never be thirsty. Here before us today is bread and there's juice. Not much. Not really enough to satisfy any physical or hunger or thirst, but it is plenty enough to satisfy our hunger and thirst for God. Because it represents the love of God and the grace of God that God has sent our way through God's Son, Jesus Christ. It represents the forgiveness of our sins. It represents our unconditional acceptance. And it represents the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf because he loves us so much. For that we can give thanks. And so as we take this bread and as we take this juice, let us ponder the blessings of God and God's love in our lives. And let us give thanks. Amen. Now if our deacons will come and prepare the table. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he gave thanks and he said, This is my blood that is spilled for you. This is the blood of a new covenant given for you. Then he said, As often as you take this bread and drink, this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we come to the Lord's table today, let us be thankful for the blessings that God has given to us. Let us be thankful for the love and the mercy of God that is demonstrated here through the body and the blood of Christ. Let us think about exactly what God has done for us. And if we do, we cannot help to be thankful people. Would you come to the Lord's table in gratitude? We are indeed grateful people because of what God has done in our lives. For the sacrifice that was made on our, on our behalf, which we, we have commemorated here today. Because what we have done, as Paul wrote and taking of the bread and the juice is that we have proclaimed the Lord's death until He comes again. We have done that today. We've proclaimed the Lord's death, which was a sacrifice made for us. And I hope that that truly does make you grateful people because that's what God has done for us, purely and simply because God loves you. And what wonderful love that is. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the love of God today. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment in just a moment. Number 637. Come ye thankful people, come. And we are thankful people. Perhaps there's someone who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ in thanksgiving because of what God has done on our behalf. We invite you to do that. There may be some would like to unite with our church today. And I know that we already have a couple that have said that they wanted to unite with our church. Today is joining Sunday. And, and there may be others who would like to come today and to unite with our church on this joining Sunday and be a part of us officially. And we invite you and encourage you to do that.
If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come forward. Maybe it's just to to come and to have a, a time of prayer. And that's fine too. But we invite you to do that as we sing together. Come, ye thankful people, come. Would you come? Thank you so much for being the thankful people that you are and for your commitment to to God and God's kingdom in this place. There are a couple of people who have said that they would like to unite with our church today and in business we need to take care of that. Uh, Julia Frank has said that she would like to become a member of our church, uh, transferring her membership from a sister church. And also Tim Williams said that he would like to unite with our church today as well. So if you would join me in welcoming them into our fellowship by raising your hand and saying amen. Amen. We are glad for these folks who have committed themselves to unite with our fellowship, to be a part of us, and and to officially a part of us. They've been with us for a while, and, and this is just making something official, and we are glad for that, and we celebrate with them. Please remember that we will have a couple of deacons at the door to receive a benevolence offering today. And we are grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you as God's people. You make this pastor a thankful pastor. So thank you, and I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Let us pray together. Oh God, we go from this place with grateful hearts because of the mercy and the love that you have given to us. We go from this place committed to you and to your kingdom work. We go from this place recognizing the blessings that we receive 
each day from your hand, we go from these from this place with grateful hearts and with a desire to spread the gratitude of your blessings to each person that we meet. Help us, O oh God, to be your people. In Christ's name.